Welcome to December's Encounter. For the benefit of those that are listening to this on our podcast, um, I just wanted to catch you up on two incredible stories we've heard from uh, from Andy Biddle and Caroline Smith, who are members of Proximity Church. Andy shared a phenomenal story of his journey with epilepsy. He used to work for the police and during one of them... During a night out, he was attacked by a gang of youths and the aftermath of that was that then he had a brain injury which led to him being an epileptic. And what started out as monthly fits then progressed and progressed and eventually after seven years he was in a position where he was spending days at a time in hospital and then he'd go back home basically waiting for the next fit. Um, which then took him back to hostel. He had young children at the time, a young wife, and life was really, really difficult. And through this, Andy shared how he had real experiences of God in amidst this time of great suffering. But he really believed that God wanted to heal him. He said he went to every healing meeting that they could, driving up and down the country, asking, crying out for, for God to heal him. And in the midst of unanswered prayer, he said his faith grew um, and his trust in God was secure. And then it got to one night and he was challenged by uh, the pastor of the church who was at the time that said, Andy, I think the leaders should pray for you. And I think what we should do is that this, um, the next church event where they had some baptisms that they were going to pray for him. And Andy shared that the the people that were being baptized were actually quite against Andy um, being prayed for because they just wanted it to be a baptism service but Andy was there the night before helping um, fill up the baptism pool and the other people being baptized were also there for the dress rehearsal and unfortunately that night Andy had a really huge fit in front of everyone and all those that were there were said absolutely we should we need to pray for Andy the following day and so he was prayed for and and the the Friday before this this service he'd actually gone to the the doctors and said I'm going to come back on Monday and you're going to see that God has healed me. And he was prayed for on Sunday and he was completely healed of epilepsy and had not has not had a fit since then. So praise God. What an incredible story of healing, of God's intervention, of um, suffering, but the presence of God in, in a much that time. And um, Caroline Smith, another member of our church family, she's a house church leader of Wednesday House Church, shared a story which is more recent of her breakthrough in terms of work. A couple of years ago, she worked for Proximity Schools team and just felt like God was moving her on and not necessarily even in knowing what to and what for. Um, but as an act of obedience, she handed in her notice and um, got a temporary job where she was more um, available for God to use her and um well really that's when lockdown hit in amongst all that time and so actually it was a very difficult time for Caroline and again a time of waiting on God and and experiencing um unanswered prayer in some ways but but real sense of the spirit of God with her as she was obedient in the waiting and um a couple of uh well a couple of months years even a year or so later Caroline got an email from the chaplaincy team at Basildon Hostel inviting her to become a hospital chaplain which is one of the desires that Caroline has always carried and had and actually because she's part of a church that isn't Church of England you know there's quite a few hoops to run through but 
the um, the team there said, we want Caroline, we're going to go through this for her. And all the barriers that were in existence had been lifted. And Caroline has now been um, on the chaplaincy team there for almost a year and really enjoying that and being a blessing and, um, yeah, just seeing the work of God in and through her. So just two incredible stories of normal people, for, but extraordinary acts of God's power and grace. But acts that didn't come straight away, acts that happened through waiting and leaning and um, digging into the presence of God. And all of us are are waiting in some way. There are things that these are quite intense things that people have been waiting for, quite huge things, massive implications. But there are other things in life that we wait for that perhaps aren't as intense. So I was thinking looking back on my life, what are some things that I've waited for? I'm an August birthday, so I, um, in my 18th year, everyone was getting their 18th birthday parties, going clubbing. I was going to, um, yeah, I got a bit of FOMO in my 18th year, so it got to a point where, you know, January sort of time, I was like, right, that's it, I'm going to nick my sister's passport um, and pretend to be her and to get into all these clubs and it worked nine times out of ten it worked and I got into these clubs underage but a few times it didn't and one time I took my my poor friend walk with me two miles to our local nightclub where we were all meeting as uh, my friend my wider friend group and I got to the door handed in my sister's ID who's about three or four years older than me bouncer looked at me looked at the ID and said you're having a laugh and then me and my friend had to walk all the way back. So, waiting for the... And, and actually, when I became 18, I don't think I went clubbing ever since then. So, there you go. Another funny story. Um, you all have heard me uh, waiting for a husband and crying out for God for that. And, uh, yeah, really, when I look back, it was minimal time. But it felt like the longest time in the world. And I remember uh, when I went to Bible college when I was 21, and I said to Sally Harmon... Uh, well, I went there the first day I got there I was like this is it this is where I'm going to meet my husband and I got back after day one and I said to Sally who I was living with at the time Sally there is no one they're all a bunch of something that maybe I can't put down the microphone and Sally said to me straight back oh well you'll just have to marry Christy won't you I don't think she really meant it, but it was a prophetic statement because yeah, not, not, not so long after Christy and I got married who's her son uh, so another story of waiting. Um, but there are serious things. I know for those of us that are listening and for those of us that are present, there are real issues going on. Life is not easy. It's not a bunch of roses, is it? We are all of us in some level waiting for breakthrough, waiting for God to do something. I know that there are people that are asking for breakthrough in work, people that are desiring babies, people that um, are praying and waiting on God for reconciliation in their family, people that are here suffering with such huge crippling mental health, uh, people that are waiting for change, for answers, for breakthroughs, for miracles. We are in a season of Advent, aren't we, as we wait for Christmas, 25 days of waiting. And in this season, we join with the Israelites um, as they were waiting for the coming of the Messiah. We change a page from the Old Testament to a New Testament um, in, in a flicker of a, of a second. But actually, that was 400 years from when the Old Testament to the New Testament was written. That's 20 generations of waiting, longing, silence. And that's what we join in with Christmas, this season of Advent, waiting. 
Advent means the coming. We join with the coming, the waiting of the coming of the Messiah. And we know that he was not what people expected. They wanted a hero, a saviour, a warrior. And Jesus came as a crying baby that was reliant and defenceless. And yet he was more than they could ever ask or imagine. We have that beautiful prophecy that was shared with Joseph, um, Jesus' father. So we pick up that in Matthew 1, 18 to 22. Let me just read it to you. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, and yet he did not want to expose her to a public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said Joseph son of David do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins all of this took place to fulfill what the Lord has said through the prophet the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel which means God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. This is what this season is all about. This is what happened the moment baby Jesus cried his first cry, breathed his first breath. That was the presence of God with us. So let's just break down that word. It's a simple sentence, isn't it? It's a simple phrase, but it holds so much power and potency. God, God, the creator of the universe, God, the three in one, God, the beginning of all things, God, the provider, the healer, the comforter, the strong tower, God. We could meditate on that word and all it means for the rest of our days to ponder his greatness. God, our home, our beginning, our identity, our family, our peace, our future, present and past. God. With. Now, I, uh, I have had the joy and the pleasure and the privilege of um, being able to go to meals that have pairing wines. And they bring the food alive. This presence of God with us is so much more than a pear in wine. This spirit, this spirit, what does it mean to be God with? Well, with means a covering, a pairing, next to, by, beside, around, surrounded, connected, in relationship with, God near, God with. And then the third word of this prophecy, us. For generations, really, for such a long time, we've made faith an individual act, but it was never meant to be there. We are blessed to be a blessing. We are family with God, the God of family, the God of three, God with us. He invites us into the the trinity, you know, the dance of the three, and we invite him into this world so it's a personal but it's a plural pronoun God with us 
You know, really, we only experience the true presence of God when we're in relationship with him, with others, and with the world. The fullness of God cannot be um, bound in that way. We can't ring fence it. God with us. It's not an exclusive thing. He didn't just come for the clean and for the neat and for the tidy. He didn't come for those that have it all together. He came for us and he is with us. Emmanuel, God with us. One of the biggest reasons people find it hard to believe in God is because there's so much suffering in the world. And we get it, don't we? If God is real, then why is there so much pain, death and destruction? My simple answer often is, I don't think God ever intended it to be like this. The world is broken. The systems we have in place fail us. We ourselves are bent towards destruction. We, we rely on power, on money, on privilege, on popularity, on individuality. We are consumed by our selfishness, greed, lust, exploitation. I promise you it will get lighter. This is a Christmas <laughs> message after all. Emmanuel, God with us. Yeah, as I said, I don't believe it was ever meant to be this way. I don't, um, I believe the suffering that I'm experiencing is a consequence of a world where man makes bad decisions. And we get further and further and further away than all God created us to be and this world to be. But the Christmas story is all about a God that gets nearer and nearer and nearer to us. Through his birth, life and death and resurrection, we experience God with us and forever he will be. Whilst I have led a hugely privileged life, it has not been without some painful moments. And right now, I am facing one of the greatest pains and longings of my life. But if this Christmas message teaches me anything, God with me, is that God is not absent from my suffering or from suffering full stop. We know that Christ suffered even to the point where he bled. His, um, he bled from his forehead, the stress of that moment. God, the God of the universe, became flesh. He knows pain. He knows the feelings of abandonment, anguish, fear, temptation. He has felt it all. But for me, is he taking the pain away? Not right now. Is he answering my prayers? Well, he hasn't yet. What is he doing then if God is real? Well, in this moment, I have him. By his spirit, I have the presence of God and it gives me hope. You might not understand that. You might not believe it. You might not get it. But for me, it changes everything. This isn't a hope that it will all work out the way I want, the times I want. No, but it's a hope in God, in the presence of God. I have a hope and it looks like Jesus. It looks like all of you. It looks like love, joy, peace, strength to endure. Many of you will know the story of James Godward, a dear friend of our church and the local church here in Thurrock. 
he sadly, he was my age, um, I think at the age of 22, he got diagnosed, 23, he got diagnosed with a cancer that was on his heart. And for a year, he battled this. We prayed every day for him. And towards the end of his life, we would go around his house and we'd pray and some of us would lay hands on him. Sadly, he wasn't healed and he suffered. But James said this amazing thing. He said, God doesn't have to heal me for me to know he loves me. That is a kind of faith and peace and understanding of God that you only get through suffering. James knew God with him and it changed everything for him. When, my, when I was 18, um, I, was, I had a, a week doing mission in Ibiza, praying and, and really experiencing the presence of God, real, literally mountaintop experiences, on mountains, looking out, experiencing the presence of God. And when I got home, um, there, was some, there was a message to call my dad. So um, I thought he just wanted to know I got home safe. So I answered the, I, I phoned him up and I told him all about my trip but before he could even say anything, you know, blah, blah. And uh, then I said, oh, Dad, is there anything you wanted to say? Because you, yeah, you, you left a message. And he said, yeah, Charlotte, I haven't got good news. I've had a heart attack. It's really, really serious. And I'm going to have a triple heart bypass next week. And it's one of those calls that you have to process. And um, so I was living in Essex. And obviously then I wanted to go back home to see my, my dad. Um, but I just... I. I I can't describe it to you, but on the train, I felt God with me. On the train, going home, God was with me. And it gave me peace. My dad wrote us all, I'm one of four, the youngest of four, and he wrote us all personal notes because he didn't know, we didn't know if he was going to come out of that operation theatre. He wrote us notes, like his last words. And um, again, I think in that moment, I felt God with me, a peace. Come what may, God is with me. And uh, my dad described as he was being trolleyed into the theatre that he just had a sense of God with him. Pete Gregg says something like this in these sorts of situations. Is it everything? No. Is it something? You better believe it. And I would rather have God in my life and the hope that he gives me than an absence of it altogether. We've talked about being in a season of Advent, but in a sense, um, this we're, we're all of us in a longer, far-spanning, generational, um, turning sense of Advent. Jesus came and he will come again. The, um, the Bible talks about the second coming of, of Jesus. It talks about a time when he will walk the, the world again. And, it, and it, it, you know, it's in, in a sense, we're all longing for that time. It talks about that there will be a day where there is no more tears, no more death, no more pain, no more suffering. He will come and he will restore this broken world and all that is fractured within it. And in Romans 8, it talks about how the whole of the the, the world, all of creation is longing and groaning for this liberation, for its liberator. Um, we, we see those growing pains and we feel that desire that, it was, is there more to life than this? Wasn't it, 
Is it, is, it always, is it meant to be like this? So Jesus has come and he will come again, but by his spirit, he is here. And we get these moments and these times and these glimpses of Jesus drawing near, of his kingdom coming. We heard that through Andy's testimony, the healing that he experienced. We, we hear that and we perceive that in Caroline's life as she's been obedient to the call of God, the kingdom breaking in through her and her ministry as a hospital chaplain. So this Christmas story, we celebrate the coming of Jesus. We celebrate God with us now, and we celebrate the God that is coming again. We have hope, and it looks like Jesus. And we have hope, and it looks like the future renewal of all things. Like my famous quote that I'll repeat in every preach by N.T. Wright, the now and the not yet of the kingdom. It's now, we get to experience his spirit, but it's the not yet, the times of suffering, the times of its incompletion, but there will be a day when it's all restored. P. Gregg would say something like this, we hope from where the story ends and we bring it into the present. We have hope and it looks like Jesus. We have hope and it looks like the kingdom come. And we have hope, and it looks like the presence of God with us. So, that's the heart. That's kind of like the message I wanted us to, to dwell on. And so, how to respond? How to respond to this? What I would just ask um, is that you would open your hearts and your, your hands. And I just want to pray for the Spirit of God to come and rest on you. You might be on a mountaintop experience, and I pray that God will be with you in there. But you might also be in one of the hardest times of your life, and I pray that God would be with you in there. You might be waiting on things um, of breakthroughs, of healings, of miracles, of in situations. And I want to pray that God is with you in your waiting, that he would minister to you if you're suffering. And I also want to have faith to believe, like Joyce preached on last week, on last month, sorry, the faith of the multitudes, that God can and will move in your life. Is it something? Is it everything? No. Is it something? You better believe it. But I pray you get that, that real sense of the Spirit of God with you. We celebrate Emmanuel, God with us this season um, of Christmas. And um, we walk out that reality every day. So let me just pray for you. I pray, Spirit of God, that you would fall on my brothers and my sisters and that my church family here. I pray, Spirit of God, that you would fill them with such an awesome awareness of the Spirit of God, of Emmanuel, God with them and God with us. I pray, Holy Spirit, that as we wait for your coming, as we join with all of creation in its longing for its liberator, that you would give us a sense of your spirit with us. I pray for breakthrough. I pray for miracles. I pray for healing. I pray for a real tangible um, sense of your spirit near and spirit at work. And I pray for those that are waiting and enduring. I pray for the strength to keep going. I pray for a real sense of celebration of your spirit, that you would be with them through the valley. Um, you know, it talks about in, in Psalm 23, that you would be with them through the darkest valley, that you would be their guide 
that you would be their source of light and comfort and that you would whisper hope into them. Hope for today and hope, bright hope for tomorrow. In Jesus' holy name, amen.